This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Don't expect plastic utensils with your next order of ramen. Chicago restaurants are now banned from giving customers unsolicited plasticware, napkins, and condiment packets under a new law that went into effect yesterday. Supporters of the ordinance say it's an important first step toward reducing plastic waste. But critics say the measure doesn't go far enough. In a few moments, we'll hear from a local group working to curb our dependence on single-use plastic and promote alternatives that are better for the environment. But first, the lead sponsor of the ordinance, Alderman Samantha Nugent of the 39th Ward. That includes parts of Albany Park, North Park, and Mayfield. Hi, Alderman. Welcome to Reset. Uh, Good morning. It's nice to be here. So that we're clear, tell us what exactly is considered single-use foodware, as described in the ordinance. Sure. That applies to things like forks, spoons, knives, chopsticks, uh, plastic eating utensils, condiment packets, things like ketchup and mustard, um, napkins, cocktail sticks, things like that. And, And where does the ordinance apply exactly? Sure. So this really only applies to the takeout and delivery. At restaurants, coffee shops, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you name it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's for takeout and delivery. And why I introduced this ordinance is I was ordering a lot more takeout during COVID. Uh, I wanted to support local restaurants and businesses in my community. And I was noticing that I was, uh, in my takeout orders, getting a lot of extra things, a lot of extra napkins, ketchup packets, grated cheese, you name it. And it wound up in that drawer we all have in our house. And point is, is I was at my house. I already had those things. And so I I didn't need them. Mm -hmm. But uh, folks can still request this plasticware with their food order if they need them. Of course. Is that right? The restaurant, the restaurateur will ask you, the customer, you know, for example, if I call for a pizza tonight, they'll say, Sam, you know, do you need grated cheese? Do you need napkins? What do you need? And, and there are some exceptions to the rule. Is that right, Alderman? What's yes. not included when you define single-use foodware? Sure. So straws are not included uh, as they are an essential accommodation for people with disabilities. Uh, also, uh, beverage lids and sleeves for, for drinks, that's, that's exempt from this ordinance. We're not trying to um, make you drink a coffee without a lid or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned you, you're, you're pushed for this change because uh, of what you observed during the pandemic, right? And and having to uh, notice your your drawer getting full, more and more full um, right. with things you just didn't need because your family was home at the time. How are you going to enforce this? Sure. So, um, you know, I think it's worth noting, right? This, this ordinance, uh, it encourages really good behavior. It helps us uh, reduce waste. It helps us lower our carbon footprint. And it helps save restaurateurs some money. So I... I did create this ordinance in partnership with the Illinois Restaurant Association and the um, Department of Business Affairs and Consumer Protection. They are the government body that, that oversees um, how it's promulgated. So critics say, Alderman, that this law doesn't go far enough, as I mentioned earlier. In fact, several original co-sponsors voted against the measure. right? But then you have others who say we should avoid overburdening restaurants during a pandemic. So tell us how you walk that line. Sure. Um, look, I've never been one to let perfect be the enemy of the good. I think this is a really great first step. And we were able to do this in partnership with restaurants who are going through a difficult time right now. They've, they are trying to survive in this COVID economy. Um, they've gotten through Delta. Now we're trying to get through Omicron. And yet they're still willing to partner 
with us in a way to, you know, reduce our carbon footprint, minimize waste, and hopefully save save them some money. So I, you know, I think this is really good for for our community and our city. I think this is a really good positive first step. Do you agree that it could go further? Well, I think we can we can always go further, but I'm I'm really excited to see um, how this rolls out and how much waste we can reduce from this, and, and we go from there. Well, what other types of conversations are you having with the restaurant industry around this issue specifically? Sure. Well, I've, I've talked to restaurateurs throughout the entire process. I was with uh, one of my restaurateurs yesterday, and he was really excited about this. He thinks he's concerned about the environment as well. He thinks this is a great way to help contribute to less waste. And at the end of the day, if it could help him on his bottom line, that's a good thing for him too. We we hear from restaurateurs all the time, and I hear from them in my ward that the cost of everything is going up, um, and they're having to do a lot of takeout right now with Omicron. And if they um, can limit some of the single-use foodware that they're they're sending out, that's mm-hmm. a win for all of us. Well, you've certainly got a lot of support, including uh, Chicago's chief sustainability officer, Angela Tovar. She described the new law as, quote, a solid first step in reducing waste. Tell us what comes next, Alderman. Well, I, I really want to see what this looks like effectuated, and I want to see how the restaurateurs, um, how they feel that it's worked for them. I want to work with other environmentalists as well and, and see what logical next steps are that follows. But I, I really want to, I think it's important to see how policy that we turn into an ordinance, how it looks operationally on the ground, um, and, you know, make sure that we did it correctly. And if we have to do any tweaks or adjustments, then we, we go from there. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just tuning in, we've been speaking with Alderman Samantha Nugent of the 39th Ward. Alderman, thank you so much. Thank you. Let's turn now to a a local group that's working to reduce our dependence on single-use plastics. Joining us now is John Schmidt, chairman of Organizing for Plastics Alternatives. Hi, John. Welcome to Reset. Sasha, hi. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for for joining us. Start us off, John, by telling us more about your group. How how did you get started? Yeah, so this this, uh, launched uh, about two and a half years ago. I was meeting with a neighbor. We were having lunch in the backyard, and we were both talking about the problem, the proliferation of single-use plastics, and what steps we were taking in our private lives to deal with that. But then also came to the recognition that there was um, our individual actions just were never going to be enough. So we began talking to other neighbors and other friends who talked to other friends. And, you know, within a couple months, we had an organization, uh, which we lovingly called OPA, mm-hmm. Organizing for Plastics Alternatives. And um, we our, our goal is really to do education and action and uh, and work on policy related to the problem of single-use plastics. Well, John, I, I love your passion for this work. And you wrote to me last week about the issue. And in your email, you said, you know, the single-use plastics problem is, quote, devastating our environment and has growing support from organizations nationally and globally. So tell us what that's looked like in practice, that growing support. Yeah, so so just, um, and, and I, I do appreciate the fact that there is some legislation on the books around plastic food cutlery. Um, we toss out about a trillion pieces of plastic food year a year in the United States alone. So anything we t- we can do that can limit that. That's that's a that's a good step. Mm-hmm. Um, we are affiliated with a statewide group called the uh, the Coalition to um, for Plastic Reduction. Uh, Twenty six organizations headed by Environment Illinois, and we're we're working with them on some statewide 
um, um, policy initiatives that will limit um, polystyrene and, and plastic bags additionally. We're also part of a national coalition um, that's working on federal legislation called the Break Free from Plastic Pollution um, legislation that's been introduced and has support in, in both houses of Congress at this point, including Senator Durbin and Representative Quigley and, uh, and, and Garcia. So there's, there's a lot happening, um, in counties, in cities, in states, in countries around the world. Um, just not a lot at this point in Chicago, I'm afraid. So your thoughts then on, on the new ordinance here in Chicago? Yeah. So one of the things that um, I, in listening to Alderman Nugent um, and hearing that she was consulting with the restaurant industry, I think that's right to bring them in. But we also we weren't brought in as a coalition of 26 organizations representing environmental and cultural institutions. Um, and so we moving forward, we hope that we are that we're part of the conversation um, with her. We feel like the 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 ordinance doesn't go nearly far enough. Um, Alderman Waggispack originally sponsored what's called the Plastic Free Waters Ordinance that was much broader, would have had a much greater impact. But then this was a replacement ordinance that was, I don't know if I would call it a good first step. I would certainly call it a small first step and uh, look forward to, to figuring out how we can get back to some of the broader ideas and um, and strategies that were included in the Plastic Free Waters Ordinance. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to talk about... Uh study that your group conducted uh, on single-use plastics in grocery stores. How did you conduct the analysis? What did you find out? Yeah. Um, so we, we noticed that, I mean, a, a few years back, Chicago passed the uh, plastic bag fee, right? Um, and we noticed that there hadn't been, there's a lot of attention right now on restaurants and takeout, et cetera, et cetera, but not as much attention on grocery stores. And so we asked our membership and shared in, in different social media spots, asked people to take a survey about how they felt about the plastic footprint um, in grocery stores and what they would like to see. And the vast majority were interested in policy. Um, the vast majority of those responded also said, we're doing some things individually, uh, but we also want to have um, policy that's in place that can further limit this. And then we asked that group to go back into their grocery stores and do an analysis for us, a citizen analysis and say, okay, what are you seeing in the grocery stores and what kind of a grade would you give them? Mm-hmm. We found that the locally owned grocery stores were responsive, were really thoughtful about the work, about the problem, and were doing things to solve the problem. Um, we found that the corporate owned grocery stores were not responsive to us, and their plastic um, foot, uh, footprint was immense. <laughs> I see. So, given that, would you say that this uh, seven cent? tax on, on, on grocery bags? Uh, has that been effective in your eyes? I think initially it was. Um, we saw a pretty quick drop off when it was implemented. But um, in the last year, we've, saw, we've seen those numbers begin to rise again. Um, the city, for example, now um, collects about $650,000 a year um, from that tax. Um, one of the things that we've been starting to talk about and is actually um, on the books in, in, state as, in the state as proposed legislation is increasing that to 10 cents and then setting some of that money aside. Um, to to support um, local grocers who are trying to make the transition and to support environmental um, initiatives in the state. Well, listen, John, you've got a lot of people listening to you right now. So talk to us about some ways that we can reduce plastic waste in our daily lives. 
Yep. So I'll just give you maybe a, a, a three or four. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because this can run into the hundreds of ideas because and that, that tells you how much um, plastic has really become a part of our uh, of a part of our life. Right. So, um, you know, in the in the shower, you know, using hand soap and and uh, and uh, shampoo soap that comes in a bar, those are available um, using um, dish soap. Um, uh, in 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 the wash machine, you know, you can use powdered dish soap and not those plastic containers that go into the washing machine. Um, uh, laundry detergent. You can refill your laundry at a store called Echo and the Flamingo in Lincoln Lincoln Square, or you can buy powdered um, laundry detergent that comes in cardboard containers. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of buying single-use um, water bottles. Um, some grocery stores, like the store in my community, you know, you can refill a gallon container, or better yet, you can use steel, uh, stainless steel or aluminum refillable waters instead of the plastic water bottles. One of the other things that I do is when I go out for, to a restaurant and there's some leftover food, I always pack a, a, a container that I put the food in so I'm not having my leftovers packed in styrofoam or plastic. Mm, Those are one. just some of them. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> oh, and then, great. Yeah, one one more for grocery stores, you know, obviously bring your own bag, but then when you are, um, then when you're getting your, your vegetables and, and, and fruits, you know, bring your own small bags or, or, or paper bags um, that you can put that in because that's where a lot of the uh, plastic repackaging is happening as well. So true. You, you mentioned earlier, John, how Chicago is lagging behind other cities when it comes yep. to recycling. Who's doing it right well, you know, there are 10 states that have a bottle bill um, around the country, and I think that, you know, they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they are reducing uh, plastic bottle waste um, significantly and increasing recycling as well. Um, there are a number of states that have sty- uh, uh, styrofoam bans in place, um, including Colorado, Maine, Washington. Um, Los Angeles, New York City, D.C. have strong policies in place around plastic, uh, single-use plastics. Mm-hmm. Um, the state of Virginia um, um, just passed legislation that, that limits single-use plastics. So it's really happening all around us in some really, um, in really important ways. Um, and, you know, where does, where, does, where does this come from? Um, you know, it comes from organized groups who are saying, this is a problem. We need you to pay attention to this. And then proposing working with legislators to pass good, strong legislation that really begins to put a dent in this in this incredible problem that we're facing. So bring us inside your conversations with uh, local elected officials around these issues. What are you saying to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we are, uh, so I'm in the 47th ward, so I've, so our group has had a lot of conversations with Matt Martin, the alderman there. And, uh, you know, Matt was one who, who in committee voted against the, uh, uh, against the uh, plastic cutlery um, proposal because he just didn't feel like it, it would go far enough. So we're talking with with him and really trying to develop some collaborative strategies that would um, advance um, advance this work. Um, uh, 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 Council Member Cardenas heads the Energy and Environment Committee. Um, and so we think that's a place where some really, um, you know, positive and progressive legis- uh, uh, ordinances could, could, could come out of as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had conversations with Alderman Wagaspak about um, coming back to the plastic-free waters ordinance and, and beginning to, to move on those much stronger um, policies that could be in place as well. Do any of these seem promising to you? 
Um, I, you know, at this point, I think a lot of that's in development. I think probably some of the, the more promising right now is maybe at the state level um, where uh, a polystyrene ban is, is in place and, w- and is being considered in both the House and the state. Um, and and would love for Chicago legislators to get on board with that as well. Um, but in Chicago, I think you know the the, the I think we ran into a bit of a of a of a of a stalemate when the plastic free waters ordinance was 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 dismissed, taken off the taken out of consideration, and this much smaller step was was taken into place. I hope that they don't think that that's enough, right? I didn't hear Alderman Nugent saying that, but. You know, it's a small step, but should begin to be part of a much broader strategy yeah. to combat the problem. Yeah, she agreed that there's always ways to, to do more. Um, tell us, before I let you go, John, where folks can learn more about your work. Yeah, so if you were at, um, oh boy, <laughs> let me let me pull that up real quick. Um, our, our website is um, opa.in.chicago at gmail.com. I'm sorry, that's our email address. And then our, our website is opa slash Chicago dot Weebly dot com. You can more, learn more about our work there. Great. That is John Schmidt, chairman of the group Organizing for Plastics Alternatives. Thank you so much, John. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast WBEZ's Reset wherever you listen.